This is your daily drive wake-up call, reminding you that you are worth it. You can do hard things. Get out, hit the pavement, and be better than yesterday. Just your friend and fellow Aflac agent, Colleen Howard, here to educate, motivate, and remind you that you are not alone in the mountains high and valleys low of what make us the Aflac Nation. Well, welcome to a whole new day. I've got some great special guests. We've got Sam Walker and Christopher Brown here. How are you guys today? Doing great. Hello, hello, hello. Great. Perfect. Yes, so good. I'm going to go ahead and start with Sam Walker. You have been a guest on the podcast before, so I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, um, who you are, where you work, your position, all the fun stuff. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I am Sam Walker. I'm a district sales coordinator out of Macon, Georgia. Um, We have Candace Jackson in the Alpha region. And if you listen to episode 20, you might recognize my voice as I was talking about inactive accounts. Yes, yes. It was one of our most listened podcasts. So I'm sure this one will follow it up, if not exceed it. But you have someone special. I know Chris reached out to me with this great idea of having both of you on and us just diving into some questions that we think will help a lot of people. So Chris, go ahead, introduce yourself. We want to know who you are. Well, I am Christopher Brown. Um, I have been with Athlete one year as of August 28th. Um, I'm also in the Alpha region. And in Sam Walker's district. I was an accountant for 22 years and decided to put that down and come to Athlac. You were an accountant for 22 years? Yes. Two decades of accounting. Yes. (laughs) And it wears you out mentally. Oh, my, I feel like I just need a nap from like hearing that because it sounds yeah so mentally <laughs> exhausting um, and boring. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I was just thinking it. Um, but you know, sometimes the insurance world can be boring. But I know we like to spice it up and and make it fun. So, man, I didn't know that about you. So I think that's so interesting, and that goes to show that people who come to the insurance world and into our careers, like we really do, come from all different walks of life all different backgrounds, all different interests. So that is, that is so cool. Now, someone, I don't care if it's, it's Chris or <laughs> Sam, but kind of what is your guys's history? What's your relationship? Like, why do we have both of you on the podcast today? Who wants to go? I'll go. So I have been married to Sam for three years. And as, as of September 25th, we would have been together for 11 years. Oh, or we will have, not would have. Um, <laughs> my bad. Um, I was about to say, is there something I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we met, I had just moved back to Georgia in 2009 after a four-year mistake. We'll just put it that way. And, you know, all of a sudden I get a message on Facebook. And it's Sam. And we're just sitting there talking, and he had asked me out. To begin with, I turned him down. Well, about a week later, I got to thinking about it, and I messaged him back and said, sure, let's go out for dinner. So I picked him up, and the rest is history. (laughs) And here you are. No, that's, that's so great. And I feel like every strong and lasting relationship always starts with someone turning the other person down exactly Exactly. yes (laughs) and I I would I mean I wasn't crushed I was like okay well I'll just give him some time and reach out again you know (laughs) so you know I I wasn't my hopes weren't dashed because it wasn't the end of the world but when he did come back and say yeah, so are you still interested in going to the movies? I responded back and said, sure. Okay, now what movie was it? We have to know. Well, we actually didn't go to the movies. Okay. It was actually, um, we went over to some of his friend's house, or one of his friend's houses, um, and that was technically our first date. So 
um, went over there and had dinner. Gotcha. Now that's, that's kind of big. Okay. Let's, let's go out. And now you have to meet my friends. Like that's, uh, was that intimidating? Very much so. (laughs) But on my part, it was, you know, I don't know this guy and I'm not going anywhere where there's not other people. Yeah. He could be some psychotic serial killer, but he turned out he was not. We we didn't Sounds talk about how before. we yeah <laughs> we did talk about how we love the the crime junkies and murder mysteries so we've we've always got to be on our toes with that even with oh lord yeah yeah we listen yeah. to those all the time we both that was one of the things that you know we first realized about each other we both love true crime yes no I I love that and a little bit of my backstory with with Adam is we were both super busy in college and I heard people talking like really great things about him. I'm like, this guy seems awesome. Like y'all all have positive things to say about him. And, and then I met him and I was like, Oh, he's okay. And when he asked me to be his girlfriend, <laughs> not his girlfriend yeah, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And I distinguishly remember saying, not yet. Where in the back of my mind, I knew I was going to marry him, but I just didn't. And I had never had a boyfriend before. Like he was my first everything and and I was 2018 19 20 something like that in college and I was like oh not yet but he takes it as a straight no he's like I asked you to be my girlfriend and she said no and now we're married and so I feel like (laughs) there's no love story without the initial turn down and then you're like okay wait let me rethink this maybe I should have said yes or it's it's not too late to say yes so um I think that's exactly we already talked a little bit about you guys love true crime. What are some other things that y'all love to do together? Well, we do love to travel together. Um, that's one of the things that we always do, um, whether it's going someplace far off and exotic like Hawaii or just traveling around town and going to visit friends and family. No, yeah, we recently... That. We recently had to take a trip to Wisconsin because my <laughs> grandmother had passed away. Oh, so, sorry to hear that. It's, well, thank you. It's, I mean, we're getting a, we're getting through it. So, but it was an eighteen-hour drive because we didn't fly. Right, and, that is a long drive. Yeah, and most people are like, "Oh my God, y'all are going to kill each other being in the car that long together." But no, it was one of the best trips ever. You know, we had 18 hours on the road to see sights, to talk, you know, and just be together. Yes, I love that. That was one of the best trips ever, even though it was for a very sad situation. Yes, and that just goes to speak of, like, how y'all will make the the best of anything. You know, if life gives you lemon, make lemonade, just make the most of it. I am totally with you. I love road trips, and we took one this summer for a COVID wedding in Texas and I just didn't feel comfortable flying. I wanted to be able to, you know, do the cleaning and the social distancing. And so we, we drove as well. And my husband was like so nervous. He's like, I don't think we've spent that much time together. It was like a 15 hour drive one way. And I was like, it'll be fine. And, and you're right. We got to stop and make memories and, you know, stay away from people, but still make the most of it. And so I think that's, that's awesome. I, do y'all have a trip planned somewhere next? Like, do you know where you're, we're going next next trip together? Well, we're hoping for San Diego. Yes, you're going to get it. <laughs> yes. I know you will. That's awesome. And for those of you who don't know, that is the um, – Sam, explain it a little bit. Because I've never been on a convention trip, but I know you have. So I'll let you explain it. What is the San Diego trip? So San Diego is AFLAC's national convention that they do every year um, for the top producers. So if you hit your AP metrics and your goal as far as what AFLAC has set upon you to do to qualify for that trip, then once a year AFLAC pays for you and a guest to travel to wherever the convention is. And I always, as an agent, set the bar as national convention. So I don't care what I've got to do to be a successful year. It will be qualifying for national convention. So we've been to places, Hawaii, um, the Aflac Cruise in 2015, where they rented out 
um, the Oasis of the Seas, which at that time was the largest ship in the world. They rented out the entire ship and there was only Aflac people on the ship and the crew members. <laughs> That's so, crazy. It holds 8,000 people, but there were only about 2,500 on there and it was the best cruise ever. No waiting in lines, anything. Wow. So how many Aflac trips have y'all been on together? Do you have a number? Well, counting National Convention, we have done, uh, been on three. Um, So, yeah, so um, the cruise, Hawaii, and then even though we didn't go to New York this year, I'm still counting New York because we did qualify for that one. Oh, congrats. And then, thank you. And then um, we've also been on some state trips. Um, to Alaska as well. Ooh, and we were supposed cool. to go to Jamaica. Yeah. Four weeks after, or three weeks after the New York trip, but because of COVID, it was all canceled. Yes. Oh, that's so sad. Well, and that's, that just goes to show with this career that if you work hard and you set your goals and you focus on them that you can get, you know, free trips, not just for you, but for you and your loved one. And I think that's, that's incredible. So let's talk a little bit more about the, your guys' history with the career. Let's start with Sam. Cause I know Sam's been with Aflac the longest, like, how did you get into this career? So my career story, it's, it's kind of funny because it goes against, you know, the whole, everything that we've been told. Um, We've been told that the people that last the longest um, with AFLAC are those nominations and the people that are recruited into the business by somebody already in the business. But my story starts a little different. Um, In 2008, I was a retail manager for Abercrombie & Fitch and in 2008, everybody knows what happened, the recession and the housing market crash. Well, about the same time, the new mall, the shops we were crossing, opened in Macon. So a lot of the stores moved from the old mall to the new mall. And with that, a lot of stores closed down just due to the recession. And my store was one of them. So we closed um, in 2009. And I was on unemployment for a little while because trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life. And I was applying and applying and applying for different jobs and positions. And since it was a recession, a lot of people were out of work and I was not getting any bites from any company. Well, I applied for an AFLAC position. The um, job posting was actually for Milledgeville. So I applied and anybody that's been around AFLAC for a while will know Brandon West. So his office, he, Brandon was actually the regent at the time and his office called me for an interview. So I went in for the interview, was super stoked, super excited about the opportunity, came home, talked to my parents about it. And they said, well, it's commission-based. You don't get health insurance. I think you just really need to find a real job. (laughs) So I said, well, look, I'm 23 years old. And, you know, my most expensive bill that I have is my rent. And that's only $500 a month that I have to pay. So if I'm ever going to do something like this, now is the time. So I said, you know, just give me six months. Let me try this if I'm not making money after six months, then okay, I'll, I'll, you know, start looking for a real job. Well, started doing AFLAC, built slow at first, but then things started clicking and it started coming on strong as far as, you know, the accounts I was opening and the money I was making. And it wasn't until 2000. 15 when I qualified for my very first national convention that my dad looked me straight in the face and said, hmm, yeah, I was wrong. You know, <laughs> you, you, you should have done this. And I'm so thankful that you did not listen to me. Um, so 
whether my dad knows it or not, he was that motivating factor for me to be successful because he was one of those people at the very beginning who was downplaying and saying, oh, well, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be successful. But my motivation at that time was to prove him wrong. And so now my dad is one of my biggest cheerleaders because he will constantly ask me, how's everything looking? Where's your quota? How close <laughs> are you? Where, where is fame? Are you going to make fame? What are you going to do to make fame? How are you going to do this? So he's one of my biggest cheerleaders now because he has seen how I was able to grow not only in the business, but as a person. I love that story so much because I think all of our new agents who listen to this podcast are listening because they have someone to prove because they have that person, the kind of like the naysayers that, you know, don't believe that this is the best idea. And so they have to prove someone wrong. And so thank you so much for sharing that because I know I had those people in my life when I told my parents, I was graduating from college and going to take a commission job. They were like, really? But you're right. Now they know the lingo. They cheer us on, you know, they say, how can I help? And so I think that's, that's so cool. And so uh, that's a little bit of your backstory for Sam. And we know Chris was in accounting for 22 years. How did, you know, what does it look like when you joined Aflac and you met Chris? Like, were those on the same timeline or kind of explain that a little bit? So I started Aflac in 2009 and I did not meet Chris until 2010. So I had literally just celebrated my year anniversary just a few months before I met him. So I was still a new agent and still wet behind the ears when we first met. Yes, I, I love that. Okay, so that leads me into my next question is, you know, what was it like for being that new agent, you know, celebrating your first year and dating Chris and him being in the background for what is that 10 years, 10 years until he decided to, to jump in? What was that like for you, Sam? And then we'll go to Chris's point of view. So for Chris, he was at that point in time, you know, just, you know, he was a cheerleader in the background. So he would, I'd come home from work. I would say, Hey, I've got this enrollment that I need, you know, 25 packets made tonight and so me and him would sit down together and make packets in the evenings um he would help me with some administrative stuff that i needed to have done in the evenings he would we would sit down together we'd go through it as well as he would also be that person that at work he would be listening to people's conversations and being able to say hey, maybe we need to try to get Aflac into this business. Or, you know, my company doesn't offer Aflac. So, you know, let me try to set something up for you to talk to our owner and see about getting Aflac in here. That's awesome. The having that like referral source that you know is always going to have your best interests in mind. That's That's awesome. And just to have someone to help you grow and to see you grow, I think is, is game changer. So, uh, Chris, what was it like for you? You, you dated this guy who's been in a career for a year and it's so different than the typical nine to five. So like, what was it from your perspective? Well, you know, in the beginning it was, I wasn't too keen on the idea of commission only. And so I was worried about finances for both of us. Yeah. But yeah. once I got to watching, I realized this guy is going to go far. You know, he is talented. He can talk to anybody and really sell them on the idea of needing Aflac. So that's when I became the cheerleader. He would come home. I'd ask, how did your day go? You know, how was this enrollment? Here's a company that you need to talk to, you know, just kind of trying to push him along. And there's some days he would come home a little frustrated. And so I would be the one to sit there and be the sounding board and then give yeah. my advice yeah. to it and just push him and say, Hey, look, that may not have happened. This account may not have happened, 
but there's 10 more out there that will. Yeah. And, you know, just keep working on this account that said no to begin with, and I bet you you'll get in. And most of the time he did. So, you know, I was always there. He would need stuff done. So, like he said, he'd come home, need 25 packets. We'd get the brochures, sit down in the middle of the living room floor and make packets. <laughs> and then, you know, like like he said, my company did not offer AFLAC at the time because I was working for a government contractor. And I was the payroll manager there and handled part of the benefits. So I went to the owner of the company and I said, hey, look, I have an idea. You know, we, or, you know, Sam offers AFLAC because she knew who he was because he had been with me to a couple of company functions. I said, why don't we see about bringing that in? And at first she was like, no, because she didn't want to spend any money on anybody. I said, Audrey, you don't have to. This is employee paid. You can offer to pay some money towards the, the policies or not. And then she looked up and she said, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we yes. had, a, at that yes. time we had almost 200 employees. So, Needless to say, we had to send packets to 200 employees that were all over the United States. Wow. So we had a packet party, and myself and another coworker at the time came over, and Sam, and we made 200 packets, put them in envelopes. We actually made CDs or DVDs explaining the product. <laughs> so, and, you know, by now, I knew most of the products and what they did. So whenever we rolled it out to the employees, I was, I had the list of employees. I was calling every one of them trying to sell the math lab. And it actually did pretty good. <laughs> so that's about the time that, you know, um, Sam and was it Amy at the time, Sam? Yes. So Sam and Amy were trying to get me to come over to Aflac at that point because they saw that I was able to sell the policy. Well, of course I said no. <laughs> I was like, I just cannot afford to do a commission-only job. So for the next nine years, they kept trying and trying and pushing and pushing, and I always said no. Well, I ended up getting offered a job as the business manager for kind of like a group home for Department of Juvenile Justice kids and DFAC kids um, that had been taken out of their homes due to behavior problems. So I go there. And it was about nine months, or actually about three months into the job, I realized I had made the biggest mistake of my life. And I could not stand that job. I was, in, <laughs> I was losing sleep, you know, ended up, I have lupus, and ended up having really bad flare-ups. At the time, I did not even know I had lupus. I didn't learn that until about three years later. Wow. But I would end up getting really sick and couldn't even go to work because of the stress that I was under. And I looked at Sam, I said, okay, let's talk. Because during those 10 years of him trying to get me to come to AFLAC, I told him, I said, if you become a district, I will seriously consider coming to AFLAC. Well, we ended up getting, the day I got offered the job for this business manager position, Sam sends me a text and said, we need to talk. Of course, when you're in a relationship. <laughs> and I did this on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> right? When you get that message from somebody that you're in a relationship with that says, we need to talk, you start thinking the worst. Uh-huh, always. Oh, my God, what has happened? So I'm, like, pacing the floor at the house waiting for him to come home. And I had not told him that I had been off of the job yet either. And he comes home, and we sit down and talk, and, you know, I'm sitting there shaking, worried that <laughs> something bad's about to happen. And he says, guess what? I said, what? He said, I'm a district manager now. And, of course, I jumped up cheering him on. I was so proud of him because he has worked so hard to get to where he is today. And about that time, I told him, I said, well, guess what? I got something to tell you, too. I got offered a business manager position at this company. On the same day. So we celebrated both of them. It's crazy. Well, for, like it's I said, crazy. three months into the job, I realized I had made a mistake. And so I looked at him and I said, okay, I've told you that once you become a district, I will seriously consider it. I said, I'm seriously considering it now. 
And of course he jumped up, was all happy. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so I immediately started studying for my test. I got registered. I did my moving forward with Aflac. Um, and then I was supposed to take my state exam on July 27th of 2019. Well, on July 25th of 2019, God had other plans. And I totaled my car on the way to work. So the tie rod broke on my car and I lost control and went head on into an embankment at 50 miles an hour. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I had three broken ribs, a broken collarbone, bruised from head to toe. And the next day, of course, I couldn't even get out of bed because I couldn't walk from being so sore from all of it. So I missed my test on the 27th. And which, of course, pushed out everything a little bit longer. So I studied even harder, rescheduled my test, went in, took my test, and passed it on the first time. So I was really stoked at that time because I was like, yes, I passed it. <laughs> and, you know, I let Sam know, and then for, the rest is history. And I joined the team. Of course, everybody's like, what's it like working with your husband? Well, it's great because... I've pretty much been working with him anyway for the past <laughs> 10 years. You know, I just don't, I wasn't getting paid for it. So now I can work with him, still help him, but I'm getting paid for it now because I'm going out writing business and hitting all these goals that I'm trying to hit. So, yeah, I mean, it's been great even being in the background, but it's even better now that I'm no longer in the background, but I can still be his cheerleader. Yeah, and I always will be. Yeah, that's such a good, you know, story of background where, you know, Aflac always finds you, and that's just kind of what I tell people. And I'm like, well, Aflac found me, and even though Aflac was so consuming your life, but you, you know, it hadn't been your time yet. Then once it was your time, it was very clear that like this is your time to, to dive in into the deep end and, and it go with Aflac. So what did that look like? You already knew the policies. You already, you know, basically knew the product, knew the greatness of the company. You have the experience really, but you know, it was your personal experience. Did you transition and like go straight into cold calling? Because I, I know from my perspective, my husband knows the products. He knows the gist of what I, what I do, but I've tried to get him to go out and cold call with me and he like clams up and he's like, you talk to random people that you don't know. Like, I don't, I can't do that. So were you able to go right out with full confidence and transition into cold calling and getting your own accounts or was there a little bit of hesitation there? It wasn't a little bit of hesitation. It was a lot of hesitation. Well, I had the confidence, but like, Every agent will tell you, I hate cold calling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gotten used to it now. And it was just that nervousness. Even though I had the confidence in knowing the product, I didn't have the confidence to go in and do a cold call and secure the account. And I'm still working on that. You know, cold calling is not my best feature, you know, but... Sam has given me that confidence because I was able to go out with him during sales school. And then I have gone out with him since to do cold calls or to go, you know, visit accounts and check on them. So I've seen how Sam does it and I've tried to adapt that to me and just add my little flair to it, so to speak, and use that. And it seems to work pretty good. Yes, it always does work no, it was when you make it your own. Exactly. It was, the transition was not as easy as I thought it was going to be, but I knew I had made the right transition because yes. Aflac truly cares about their agents, their districts, their regions. And I am so lucky to be in the Alpha region because we have Candace and she truly cares about us. And it's a family. You know, you'll hear everybody tell you my Aflac team is my family and it's yes. the truth because we are family all over the United States we may not see them but once a year at a convention or something but when you see them you pick up like you never left off and or like it hasn't been a year since you've seen somebody and that's what makes it so awesome being with this company plus being able to help people. 
Yes. No, I think that is, you know, why all of us do it. And it's, I always say it is okay to not like cold calling. Like you just said, like you can still hit your goals and you can still make it a year or 10 years or a whole career with Aflac. If you don't like cold calling, you just have to do it for all the good stuff that you just described. So I love that so much. So you y'all have given us such a good backstory of, you know, how Sam got involved and then, you know, Chris's cheerleaders position and then him getting involved with, you know, becoming an agent and just hitting your, your one year. So what does the work-life balance look like this past year with both of you guys being agents? So as far as, you know, the work-life, home-life balance, you know, it's one of those things where you have to set boundaries because, you know, if you don't, I'll be the first one to admit I have the tendency to, and, and, you know, the, they say the first part of figuring out you have a problem is admitting the problem. <laughs> so I do have a problem of becoming a workaholic. Yes. So I yeah. can work 24-7, you know, it'll be 9, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm still responding to emails mm-hmm. and phone ringing and answering. Um, so you have to set that balance. And one of the things that we have worked on is setting that time frame that when we get home five, six o'clock in the evening, you know, that's our time to catch up on the daily activities that maybe if Chris is out in the field, you know, and ran across an issue or has a question, you know, work through it, kind of wrap up our day. But then we try to make from seven, eight o'clock at night on through the night with no athlete talk. Sometimes that that line gets a little blurred and it's 10 o'clock at night. We're still talking about athlete. Um, <laughs> but then we have to say, okay, stop, no more. Um, and I'm guilty of, you know, that myself. And, you know, I've also had to tell Chris, I'm like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. Can I please watch Big Brother without any athlete talk for just 40 minutes? <laughs> Oh, that's exactly yeah, that's, and, that's awesome yeah you have to set those boundaries otherwise you get consumed with work and with him being a district me being an agent i'm still learning so i'm constantly asking him questions but during the day too i know how busy he is so i try not to call him during the day unless it's an emergency and or i have an issue that i have to have an answer right then so i wait until we get home that way i know I've got his attention, but, you know, I still know his phone's going to ring. Emails are going to come in, but at least I can grab his attention long enough to figure out how to handle a situation or what I could have, what I could have done better. Um, but like you said, we set a boundary that seven, eight o'clock at night is our cutoff. And like he said, he's a workaholic. And a lot of times I have to say, Hey, whoa, uh-uh, stop. <laughs> But then I'm guilty of doing the same thing. And he'll have to look at me and say, Chris, done. No more athletes. Like he said, I want to watch Big Brother for 40 minutes. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, you know, we cut that time and then we no more athlete talk after that. And then you get up in the mornings at 8 a.m. It's athlete again. Because we had that time, that space to, you know, just be us and relax. But from 8 o'clock in the morning, it's all business. All business, yes. So, Chris, what was it like for you? You know, a lot of new agents have that first, you know, few months. I want to say like the first three months where like sometimes it's hard to get out of bed and and get dressed and get in your car and go to that first cold call of the day. I know at least for me and a lot of people I talk to, they just struggle like, getting up and leaving the house to go do the work that we're supposed to do, which the work we're supposed to do is not mentally or physically challenging. It's just like that, you know, pressure you put on yourself to go out and do it with having your district at home with you. Like, would he let you sleep in? Like, would like, how did that look? Or was he kicking you out of the house and telling you to go, you know, see all the places? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's no sleeping in. <laughs> it's, you get your butt out that bed and go to work 
which is fine because I wake up early anyway. But, you know, he's the one that pushes me to go out and do better. He's now my cheerleader, too. So, you know, the thing is, though, I can't be late. I have to be at meetings because, <laughs> you know, it's, if I'm not, I'll never hear the end of it. Right. But also, <laughs> it sets an example for everybody else. So I try to show up for everything because I don't want them to think I'm getting favorable treatment because I'm married to the district. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that's hard to prove because people think, oh, well, Chris is just getting that because he's married to Sam. No, Chris isn't getting something because of I'm married to him. It's because I work hard and he knows I'm going to take care of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, yeah, there's no sleeping in. There's no skipping meetings. You know, during the three months that we were all at home because of COVID, you know, I was on those calls every single day at 830 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't logged in as me, I was sitting next to him listening. And then, unfortunately, I ended up getting COVID. So, at that point, we had to stay in separate parts of the house. So, he would come peek his head in, wouldn't come anywhere close to me because, you know, trying to keep separated because I did not want him to get it because I honestly, for a couple of days, thought I was going to die. It was horrible. Oh, my goodness. That sounds horrible. And, you know, I still got on the calls because I knew I needed to. We were being offered some amazing information to be, to use in the future. And even then, because AFLAC opened up so many doors for virtual and trainings on how to do those. Yeah. And yeah. they did a great job. I know some people were like, golly, I wish these everyday calls would end. But I was like, why? Because you're learning great information. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that I was logged in. You know, it wasn't because Sam was there, but. It's because I wanted to learn the information, too. But, yeah, but, I don't get special treatment. I don't get to sleep in. No. Uh, yeah, it sounds have... like you get no off days because your boss is also at work and at home with you. So. Exactly. There's no calling right. in. Calling <laughs> you know, I cannot call in sick going, <clears throat> I don't feel good. Because he knows that would be a lie. Like, get out of bed and go to work. No, that's... Mm -hmm. I think that you've got an advantage over all of us um, because of that. But, um, of course, there's some disadvantages, too. But I think that's that's incredible that y'all have each other to, to cheer to cheer yourselves on. Um, but, you know, like in any relationship, there's not always, you know, rainbows and sunshine. Sometimes, like, things are rough in every relationship. And I know I've talked to a lot of agents and districts and people in this job where you have to be self-motivated and when stuff is going on at home like the real stuff like the nightmares or you know the things you don't openly talk about with people because it, it's real and it's hard and it's just a part of what makes a marriage you know hard but you still have to go out and put on that happy face and pretend like everything's okay and go out and work do y'all, I mean, maybe y'all have had no bad days ever and then teach us your secrets for that. But if y'all do have, <laughs> if y'all oh, do, <laughs> do have those, you know, kind of experiences of, okay, today was not a good day and I might not be happy with that person right now, but we're going to get through it. But I still have to go put that smile on and go out and work. Like, how do y'all handle that? Or do you have any tips of like just getting through working in a job where you have to self-motivate, but also dealing with the stuff at home. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start this one out. Um, I attribute a lot of the way I can separate work from home. Um, going back to my very first district sales coordinator, Amy Green, um, whenever I started AFLAC, I was in a relationship with somebody and it wasn't the best relationship. And there would be days where I would be so stressed out. I just wouldn't even want to get out of bed. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that she told me was you have to compartmentalize. You have to leave work or leave home at home and leave work at work. And when you're at work, you got to focus on work. And then when you get home, you can focus on things that are going on at home. So that was one of the things that she taught me was how to compartmentalize. 
what you have going on. So what we try to do is do the same thing. You know, Chris may have done something that really ticked me off the night before and eight o'clock in the morning as I'm getting in my car, I may still be really ticked off about it, but the minute I pull up in that parking spot at the office or pull into that client's office, it's smile from ear to ear and just use that time to forget about the stresses that I'm dealing with at home and just pretend for a little while that the world is perfect. Um, So, you know, and it is, it is hard um, to leave home at home and work at work. Um, But it's just that, that time where you just got to figure out, okay, let me compartmentalize. Let me, let me just be the best self that I can right now. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And it's kind of like, add on to that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go for it. Um, To add to that though, you know, you have to compartmentalize it to keep it separate, work at work, home at home. And the thing I do is, like you said, I may have ticked him off or vice versa. He could have said or done something that really made me mad. But come eight o'clock, we forget it. And well, don't totally forget it because this isn't back in your mind all day, of course. But you forget it for the day and you go out and be the best you you can be. But at that time, you know, that's during the day when I'm working, that's my time to be to myself. So a lot of times that's how I work through it is when I'm in the car going to see another client or to go do a cold call, you know, I'll think about it, work through it in my head because I've had that, you know, eight to nine hours during the day to do that and then get home that night and talk through it. Everything's okay. It's just, you know, you use that time to think about it but you don't let it affect your job. And because if you let it affect your job, you're not going to go far in this business. Because yeah, that's so good. You know, potential so clients good. can see it. Yes. And they yeah. can feel it if you're not in the right mood or if you've got a bad attitude, they're going to see it and they're going to be like, nope, don't want to work with you. Have a yeah, great day. They, they don't want our funk all up in their business because they got enough funk in their business. We need to bring joy and happiness. And so I, I think that's exactly I think that, that's totally good. And and it we all struggle with it. Like we all have stuff that happens, you know, life is hard. <laughs> like so much of life is hard. And, you know, y'all were able to figure out, okay, how can we separate it? And I like to think of it as thresholds. When I leave my home threshold, when I walk through the door that is there. The dishes are there. The laundry is there. The mess is there. I'm not thinking about it throughout the day, you know, and then when I come back through this threshold of my one bedroom apartment that I share with my husband who studies all the time, like I don't bring the work in it's, it's left there. Or, you know, when I sit down in my computer chair, I, you know, pick it back up, but being able to, you know, separate that is such a big thing. And, you know, I love hearing that y'all have done it successfully and that you continue to do it. It hasn't, you know, driven y'all apart or maybe changed careers because of it. So I think that's, that's awesome. So moving on to my next question is, do you guys have any, you know, couple goals, any work goals that y'all want to hit together, or maybe like where you see yourself in five years, kind of whoever wants to take a stab at that, that question. So I'll go so with yeah, that. So, okay. Yeah, go, Chris. Go on. Um, go on. <laughs> you know, everybody sets those goals. And with us, it's we just want to continue to grow with the company. And my eventual goal is, you know, in five years, I'd love to be a district. But I would love to be a district under my husband who has moved up to be a region. So, or even a market trainer, you know, just – it's those goals pushing us to be our better selves. And, you know, we want to be able to remodel our house um, or add on. And we know that to do that, we're going to have to work even harder. Yeah. So yeah. we push each other to do it. And I see us in five years being able to do the things that we want to do because we have worked so hard to get there. And, you know, have the house remodeled at that time. And it's going to be like getting a new house. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's the one that we've been in. 
the one that we were living in when we got married and, you know, use that to push us along even further. So go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you're fine. Um, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail for everything I was going to say. Um, years from now, you know, my goal is to be a region and, you know, just keep moving up the athletic ladder. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Chris will be moving up that ladder with me um, as a district. Um, and then if I get put into a market position, you know, have him as a region um, as well, you know, or wherever he sees his self going. So, you know, I'm not trying to say, oh, yeah, if I'm going to be a a region, you've got to be a district. But, you know, his his flavor may change as he goes through his position or his time with AFLAC. And he may say, well, you know, I really don't want to be a district. I want to go into the HQ side or wherever he wants to go and being that support for him with whatever direction he, he chooses to go with his AFLAC career. Um, when I first started, um, it, a while, I think it was, it was either Brandon West or Amy Green um, said, it doesn't matter on your AFLAC elevator if you go, continue going up or if you go down, you can go up, you can go down, you can go side to side, you can go wherever you want on your AFLAC elevator, just don't get off of it. So wherever he wants to go, you know, that's, you know, I'm standing right there with him. Oh, that's, that's so sweet. And now that, you know, y'all have spoken it and now that I know I'm cheering you guys on. And I think there is, you know, so much power in speaking it and, and believing it. And so like in my mind now I'm picturing you guys as a region and a district and then a market and a region. So um, I think that there's only up from here for you guys, but you know, of course all that takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication, but I can't wait to re-listen to this recording in five years and be like, look, y'all did it. Like, look at how you know, proud you are and y'all totally need to put in your application for love it or list it. Cause that's one of my favorite HGTV <laughs> shows. <laughs> yes, Y'all would have rocked that TV show. So, um, let's of course we just yeah. love it though, because we're not leaving this house. <laughs> yeah. Someone will have to be an actor and pretend like they hate the house and like want to find a new house, but y'all could, y'all could figure it out. But Let's start with oh, yeah. Sam. What is the best and worst thing about working with your spouse? Dun dun dun. So <laughs> I, would have, I would have to say the best thing is we know what each other has going on. So, for example, if I was to wake up one morning and Chris told me, "Hey, I've got an appointment today," but I can't make it because I'm sick. I've been up all night throwing up. You know, I know pretty much already the ins and outs of that business just from talking to him and helping him plan to where I can go to that appointment for him and know pretty much how he would handle it and pick up exactly where he left off and close the deal. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. One of the worst parts about working with your spouse is simply not being able to turn it off sometimes because, you know, with clients or agents, you know, if it's eight o'clock at night and I don't want to deal with work, I can just let it go to voicemail and then call them back in the morning. But living with your spouse who is also your coworker, there's no way to get away from that. Um, so sometimes you don't get that own personal space that you need from work. Um, and that's where it comes into what we were talking about earlier. You just gotta set that boundary and just say no more. Like he's come in sometimes when I'm watching Big Brother or some other um, cheesy reality show. Yes, I love and TV. <laughs> yes. And I have to just say, 
five minutes. This show's going to go off in five minutes. Can we talk then? <laughs> so, um, you know, it, that's that I would have to say for me is is the best and the worst part. Perfect. And I have to agree with him. I have to agree with him. You know, I try to be an extension of who he is because I do tend to deal with a lot of his accounts. And so not only am I an agent, but I'm his business partner. So whenever he has an open enrollment that needs to be done, you know, I can pick up and go do it because he knows I'm going to take care of that account. And I'm not going to let it slide through and drop the ball on anything. And it's that comfort of knowing that I can handle that for him or vice versa. He could handle it for me. Cause if I wake up one day with a flare up so bad that I can't get out of bed, I can tell him, Hey, I've got an enrollment today at so-and-so everything's already ready. It's sitting on the table. Could you handle that for me? And then he can just jump right in and handle it. And I don't have to stress about, is this going to be done properly? Or is somebody going to mess it up and make me lose the opportunity for an account? Or to lose an account that we already have? And then the worst thing is what Sam says. You know, sometimes you, you've got to have that boundary. But sometimes that line gets blurred. And I'll be working on something and come across an issue. And I'll go in to talk to him. He's like, five minutes. Like he said, <laughs> show in five minutes. Can you wait? And it's a little frustrating sometimes. I'm like, well, <laughs> all the other agents can pick up the phone and call you and get their answers right then. Why can't I do the same? <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, okay, sometimes I wish we weren't married so I could just pick up the phone and call you and you would answer it. But, you know, it's that boundary that you have to set. And we've done pretty good with it. Every once in a while we cross that boundary and, end up getting frustrated with each other about it because he'll answer a, a call from an agent and be on the phone for two hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting on you because I need help. <laughs> and, you know, it's... You have to learn to deal with it. And I've done that over 10 years with him going through his career from an agent to a CIT, back to an agent, back to CIT, and then to a district. You know, I've learned that he has a major responsibility with running this district and making it successful. So I've learned to push him along and cheerlead for him to let him know, hey, we're going to hit this goal. We're going to make fame this quarter. And if we're not close, I'm like, okay, what needs to be done to hit fame? Where are we? And try to do everything in my power that I can do to, you know, have AP for the week, get the EAP. Um, new accounts, things like that. And, you know, it's, I love working with him. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, like he said, sometimes it can be really aggravating because we do blur that line of that balance. Yeah. Well, it sounds like y'all have, you know, got it figured out and y'all are rocking and rolling and it's definitely only helping you guys, you know, hit your, your goals and, and make money and, and pursue big dreams versus holding y'all back. So y'all are making me a little jealous. I didn't marry into the, the Aflac. <laughs> Cause it, it sounds like, you know, y'all, you understand what each other are going through, but you don't like, you don't let each other settle. And I think, you know, one, it's so important for, the people that we hire into Aflac to have the support system, they have to have someone motivating them. And I've seen people fall off, you know, they got off that Aflac elevator, like you mentioned, Sam, which I think is such a good analogy. It's the first time I've heard that, you know, they got off the Aflac elevator because they didn't have anyone helping them at home. They didn't have anyone that believed in them and, and they didn't use it how, you know, Sam used it with his dad to, to prove him wrong. They just let it get the best of them. And so I think that's awesome. My husband's like, oh, you don't feel good to stay home. I'm like, you don't understand. That's not that. That's <laughs> not how this works. I still have to go out and, and work. You know, I still don't get a paycheck at the end of the week if I don't feel good. I have to go make it happen. So I've got just two right. more questions. And Chris, we'll start with you. What is your favorite thing about your Aflac career, your whole one year? Congrats on that. And then what's your favorite thing about Sam? My favorite thing about my Aflac career is I get to help people. You know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And yeah. I love to see the look on somebody's face. Actually, to use an example, I was doing an enrollment for 
um, the city of Warner Robins. And there was a firefighter who had an accident plan, but had never filed his wellness claims. So I sit down with him. We get the wellness claims done. He ended up getting $3,000. <laughs> and it was two weeks before Christmas, and we got it filed on one-day pay. So, you know, he was so excited because now he can go out and buy even more Christmas presents. For yeah. Because he didn't know he had this money sitting there. Sitting there, yep. So, or helping someone who is really sick and needs to file that claim. I'm actually working with someone right now who has been diagnosed with cancer mm. and has constant hospital visits and things like that. And so it is really, it warms my heart to know that I can help people. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's the best thing ever. It's the best feeling ever. Then my favorite thing about Sam, let me see. <laughs> no, my favorite thing about him is just his warm, caring personality. The fact that he truly does care for everybody. And he treats me so good. Because I've been in some pretty bad relationships where I was with an abusive partner. Mm. I was the, the so-called battered wife where I would go to work and have to say, oh, I got this black eye because I ran into a cabinet. And with Sam, I know I never have to worry about that. He treats me so well. And then the way he treats me is how he treats everybody else, too. You know, he just really, really cares for people. And that right there makes me so proud of him because look how far he's gone, you know. And it's an inspiration for me to, to keep going with this Affleck career. And like you said, so a lot of agents fall off that Affleck elevator because they didn't have that support system. And I have seen several agents fall off that elevator that could have really been good. And so anytime we get a new agent on our team, we try to make sure they know they are loved. We're here to support them. If Sam can't be there, I can be there. Or another agent can be there because we're all there for each other. Yeah. And, you know, we take We get our inspiration kind of from our regional and another district. So Candace Jackson and KJ or Kevin, you know, they're married. So here's a, here you go again with another married couple in Aflac. Yeah. We have a married couple in our district. But we get our inspiration from them. We see how they deal with it. And they are just awesome together. And so we try to strive to be just like them and be successful and be able to work together continuously and not have any issues. I mean, you're going to have issues every once in a while. But you know how to deal with them and keep moving forward and being your being your better self. No, that's that's so good. And, um, yeah, you've got some great inspiration to look up to with – been and I mean I think y'all are an inspiration too and you know clearly it's y'all have such a deep love for each other and you know I can hear it in your stories and in your voice so oh I just have enjoyed talking to y'all so much but let's get Sam's point of view Sam what is your favorite thing about Chris and your favorite thing about the Aflac career so favorite thing about the Aflac career is like Chris said just the ability to help other people you know I feel like they're with everything that I do it's it's for a reason and for a higher purpose and what we do is not just selling insurance or hitting that fame bonus it is about being there for somebody when they can be in their darkest time um, you know, maybe they just got that cancer diagnosis and they don't know how they're going to put food on the table for their family and how they're going to um, still make ends meet. And so being that voice of reason to help in that situation, as well as being there 
to do whatever we need to do and have that family. Also being that trainer for the new agents that are coming on board and helping them start their business. Those are my favorite things about Aflac. Favorite thing about Chris is just the fact that I can always depend on him when I need him the most. Like if I'm having a bad day, I can just call him and say, hey, bad day, you know, let's talk about this. And he's always there in my corner to help me and to make sure that um, what I've got going on is going well and just be able to lift me up when I need it. Y'all are literally the most precious people ever. And y'all are like <laughs> putting me in the field just by listening to you guys talk so highly of each other. It's clear that y'all were made for each other and that y'all just have so much potential. And I always say that, you know, you should look to marry someone that you can go farther in life with them than you can by yourself. And I think y'all are such a perfect example of that. Of Yes, Chris can be successful. And yes, Sam can be successful. But together, y'all can go so much farther. And and I see that. I think people listening will, will feel that as well. But we are... We are coming to a close, but is there anything that y'all want to share that maybe we haven't covered yet on the podcast that you think is is good for rookies in this business to know? I mean, being in my first year, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Because the hardest part of the job is your first year. Yeah. Once you get out there, you open accounts, then it starts getting a little easier. You know, stay the course. Find someone that can help you be your cheerleader, be in your corner. You know, I've always told people on our team, if you need support, call me. I don't mind talking to you. You know, I will lift you up. We will work together to get through this issue or to get you to your next goal, to get you to that next bonus. We're going to get you to national convention. You know, that's the thing is, you know, with me, Sam can hit national convention, so I'm going because I'm married to him. But at the same time, I still have that goal to hit it myself. So he's my cheerleader to get me there. Or if I'm having an issue like, okay, this isn't working because I need to get to this convention, but I can't get it there. He can work with me to get it. So for new agents, find that person that can be there and help you. And of course, I mean, you don't have to be married. It just kind of helps a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) but you know you can think of it as a work relationship you know this is your work husband this is your work wife they're going to be in your corner find that person once you find that person i guarantee you it will get easier and it gets better and better and better and that's one of the best things about athletic like i said earlier we are a family and we are not going to leave you standing alone no matter what we're going to keep you right there. We're going to love on you. We're going to cheer you on when you're having that bad day. Or we're going to celebrate you when you hit that goal that you didn't think you were going to make. And it's just amazing, you know, how the family is with Aflac. So stay the course. Don't give up. It's one of the best jobs you could ever have. And like the saying goes, when you love what you're doing, it's no longer a job. Yep. And I love what I'm doing. So I get up every day. I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. When I was an accountant, I'd get up in the morning and be like, God, do I have to do this again? (laughs) Why, Lord, why? (laughs) And finally, I realized, you know, this just isn't for me anymore. And two decades of crunching numbers. And I'm not able to help anybody there. You know, yeah, I can get you a tax refund. But... That's it. And with Aflac, the job is so much better. And, you know, I've now got a family, an extension of a family at work. And it just makes it so much more fun to know that you're helping people. I really and so waking up in the morning, I'm like, okay, who can I help today? Yep. And that's how I keep my mindset. And, just don't give up. That's the biggest thing. 
Yes. And that's why we've made this podcast. And that's why, you know, I try to have, you know, guests that, that have been there and then that just like you guys who, you know how hard it is. Like you just lived it for 365 days and, you know, it's always better on the flip side. I didn't believe it until I got to the flip side. Now, and I thank my husband almost every day. I'm like, thank you for don't, for you never let me quit. All the times I came home and said, I want to quit. You're like, this is a numbers game. Get out and do it again tomorrow. And it's, it's okay. Not every day is a bad day. It's, it's hard, but then on the flip side, it's, it's always so good. So I'm, I'm glad that you had that experience as well, Chris. What about you, Sam? Any last final words for any rookies that are listening? I would just have to say to echo what Chris said, you know, just never give up. You know, on that day when you feel like, you know, hey, I, I can't do this. this. I'm not cut out for this. You know, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing yourself because if you're a new agent, your first 12 months are the hardest of your entire career. If you can make it through 12 months, you can make it through anything. So. Yeah. For any new agent that's listening out there that is in their first 12 months, maybe yesterday was a crapshoot of a day and you're thinking today, maybe I need to find something else. Just keep pushing through. Wait until you get to that 12 months and you will see that things will turn around and all of a sudden you start getting that residual check at the end of each month. You start seeing the stock bonus credit hit you know things just start clicking after 12 months so just keep pushing forward yes and that that is so true and that's that's why you know we all signed up for and and you know to have the courage to do this job and to hold out for 12 Mm -hmm. months that it comes with fear and you know we can all we can all get over it no matter what stage of life you're in or you know whether you've been on the sideline for 10 years cheering on your partner or you know you've been in it since the beginning when when people doubted you it's it's always so worth it so thank you guys so much for joining us on the daily waddle y'all are some of my favorite guests and i'm sure we'll have both of you back on sometime soon but i will let you guys go and we will talk later and thank y'all so much for all of your words your wisdom and your advice and just sharing your stories and, and being so honest with me and the listeners i know and i have so much faith that your stories are going to motivate someone that, you know, wasn't an option before because they might not be in your district. They might not be in your region. They might not even know who you are, but through this platform, your stories are going to act so many more. So thank you guys so much. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thanks Colleen. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know you are going to hit the road and have an awesome day. I just wanted to remind you that all the tips, tricks, opinions, and lessons you heard on this podcast today are from independent licensed AFLAC agents and are by no means connected to AFLAC headquarters. We are just here to love on and encourage you. Thank you for tuning in to The Daily Waddle.